And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin Pollyner Jr. of The Athletic here with you, and it's a wild card Thursday, and that means we are bringing in a, our next co-host special guest. I'm excited for this one um, because we have Kelsey Conway, the Cincinnati Inquirer of the perfectly named Bengals Beat Podcast, by the way. Uh <laughs> Which, Did you which have I, something to do with that? I might have said, could we have the simplest podcast name possible when we were uh, <laughs> doing one back in the day? And it was like, hey, Bengals beat. That sounds good. I think people will know what it's about. Uh, but Kelsey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm great. I'm honored to be on here. It's my first appearance and I'm a big fan of your podcast. So well, you were at you here. were at the 50 West event. So you you were. But that was sort of like a, a bit of a boondoggle, really, more than anything. Um, you know what we should start doing? We should start like live streaming that in terms mm. of just when Trags makes his pick. So then at <laughs> times like this, we can circle the wagons back and remember that Trags said the Bengals were going 15 and two and yes. just how ludicrous that was at the time. But, um, it's kind of, it's weird, right? Like we went from being like, okay, well, Bengals might not win another game to now you're like, Hmm. Maybe we are going back to cover a team that's going to the playoffs. You just never know. So it's been, it's been fun. The last, the last couple of years have almost. Well, I shouldn't say the last couple. Of years, last year felt felt predictable. It felt like it was following what you might thought would happen, and it had kind of a uh, an inevitability to it. Even though it was a very rare season, this year was the reminder that you just never quite know what to expect in the NFL. And, and, and that's a, keep that in mind as everybody thinks they know what's going to happen. You just, Zach Taylor was talking a little bit, a little bit about it yesterday about every season is really ends up being so different. Even as much as you think you want it to be a certain way, you end up having to do so many different things. And this is just kind of, you know, the latest example of it. I, none of us could have seen the um, the storylines that have that have happened this year coming. No, and I feel like this year, I I mean, I'm only basing this off of three years of covering the Bengals now, but it just seems like it's just always been something, whether you go back to when they lost in the AFC championship game then all your conversations turned out about the contract, Joe Burrow's contract, Joe Burrow's contract. Then we made it through that and then he gets hurt. And then now it's all about the calf. And then now his calf comes back and he gets hurt again. And then we're talking about that again. And then it's, uh, you know, then they look terrible. And then here comes Jake Browning and he, you know, his first game wasn't great. And it's just, there hasn't been a lack of anything for us to talk about, report on, and joke about with each other in the media room. <laughs> <laughs> well, after after the you know the most ridiculous training camp ever, uh, we should have known that this season was coming. Which was I I don't think I've ever laughed so hard during training camp than we did through uh, trying to get ourselves through that month of just. I don't think I've laughed as hard as I have not- in the last. 
three months like period yeah like, slowly it's been a great year back. it's been it's been a great year in the media room I, I hope that that's come across to people that have uh you know listened to all of our podcasts and followed our coverage i hope everybody is uh reading kelsey and listening to the Bengals beat podcast uh everything she's doing it's awesome stuff great episode with emma kelly uh that was up last week oh. on dealing with steel birth and ivf and all of that stuff ryan kelly's wife it was just an awesome episode and really insight into these people behind uh so it, that was great stuff kelsey uh kudos on that thank you i was like Really proud of myself because sometimes I can be emotional, but I kept it together. And she was mm. crying right next to me. And I'm like, Kelsey, <laughs> looking up. Like, you can't become emotional too. But it was one of those. And I know you've had so many in your careers where it was probably for me like the most emotional interview ever. And you just think about like, wow, women are pretty incredible. And yes. the Kelly family, they were awesome. And, um, yeah, so I was really, I was really glad I got to do that. So if you're a woman listening to this podcast and you know someone that is dealing with stillbirth, IVF, um, anything like that, um, check it out because I think it can help a lot of people. And you know it's you you know that it's going to be a great interview when like the beginning of it is like I both people saying I feel like I've known you forever just from the like the lead up uh, of getting ready to go, which is kind of how it starts. And and you know at that point you're going to get sort of the real real story about real life and uh that's mm -hmm. part you know one of the one of the best parts of that oh you can also we can also find you looking directly up at aziz bandego uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, on ESPN broadcast doing sideline there. It's just, I, did, did we have a stool for you last time? I felt bad the first time where it really, he's so tall, you know, it's, it's just like, it's an impossible ask and it's, you look like you're looking directly up into the sun at him. Well, and then the camera's like trying to figure out like who they should focus on. Yeah. And it's like looking <laughs> up, like it's a whole situation, but really like I should bring like an apple box to the yeah. court. For every game because there, there's a high probability that's going to be him off after every game because he's been yes. playing pretty good but yeah um that that's been fun so would, would would Wes Miller be insulted when you didn't bring the apple box out to talk to him though well that would uh require <laughs> Wes to probably think a little bit more about the interviews than he does because yeah. <laughs> I I'm glad that he does it but I mean if you saw our interview last week said uh you know what's going to be your message to the team You're up three. It's been a really physical game to win, to win the second half. And he goes, we got to play better and storms off. And I'm like, wow. all right, well, okay. great. Yeah. So I don't think he's uh, thinking too much about if I have a box or, or whatever. I think he's like, let me just do this interview with her so I can get in and go talk to my team. I feel like that's the approach of most coaches, no matter yes. what the situation is. Uh, let's, I want to quickly tick through some news for uh, the Saturday at one Saturday at one. Congrats to us uh, on having our weekend wide open. Um, Nick Mullins will be the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, mm -hmm. whatever that does for you. I don't know how, if that's moving the needle much, but um the Vikings obviously were struggling after their three to nothing victory uh, last week. Mullins gave them the three. So I guess they figured <laughs> let's go with that. But he will have Jeff Justin Jefferson, it sounds like, playing. And so that can help any quarterback where you could always just say, you know what? Throw it up to Justin Jefferson and see what happens. Always seems like a good method. So are we are we buying uh, the Mullins to Jefferson bump for this uh, Minnesota offense? No, I, I just think that. They don't know what to do. And now I think we're starting to grab at, you know, maybe this guy can help us. It almost gives like 
not similar to Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon situation in New York, where it's just like we're making a change for the sake of making a change. But based off the way this season's gone, you know, it's hard to say. It's not – like you, you can't really predict, but I think – it's kind of been surprising how Josh Dobbs has flamed out just because of how much we hyped him up for a couple of weeks. But I think it's going to be, you know, more of the same, but uh, it's so hard to predict how the Bengals defense is going to play. So I, I want to sit here and tell you, I think maybe they might struggle to point pull, to put up points, but then I don't want people to send yeah. me clips of myself next week when if they score like 21 or more than that points to be like, you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. So um, I'm not really, I'm not selling, I'm not buying that he's going to really make that much of a difference. Right. Uh, I want to dig a little bit more into the defense here in a second, but I, before I do that, I have two talking points uh, from some of the interviews that we've done this week. One was Zach Taylor being, he's, if you've ever heard him, we play some of his press conference clips here. You've heard them before. You've watched them, streamed them live. He Every answer, typically, he will be very loquacious right he'll just he'll he he'll, he likes to talk things out up there he's he's very well spoken all those things except when you ask him about brian flores uh and it's it i know it was every <laughs> i don't think his name he was asked maybe three questions where brian flores's name was used the defensive coordinator for the minnesota vikings and i don't think an answer was longer than a sentence maybe to each one and i don't think he said his name specifically I'd have to go back and check that. Um, uh-huh. It was a he or or them. And it sparked that I had forgotten. I can't believe I had forgotten that in 2020, Brian Flores charged across the field uh, at Zach Taylor um, after that game where receiver Mike Thomas blew up the punt returner twice and there was a brawl and the Bengals offensive lineman decided not to be involved in it and it was a whole thing but the big part of that was Flores charging after the coach it feels like that is not forgotten well so I'm so glad that you brought this up and I feel like this is why you wanted me to be on the podcast without knowing me this week because I wasn't covering the Bengals then so I had no idea and last week I asked Zach about Shane Steichen, glowing. Oh, I think he's a great offensive mind. You know, really couldn't have spoken. I followed him around his career. Couldn't have spoken more highly about him. And then I asked Zach about Brian Flores. And I always like to ask coaches that because I feel like it helps give some good quotes when you're trying to do your preview pieces of like what people should expect of that team. And I had no idea. So I was just like, like I always do, you know, What do you think about the way Brian Flores has, you know, orchestrated this defense? And it was very short. And then Jay Morrison follows up with another good question. And I didn't even think anything of it. And then we get in the media room and Jay's like, you think he hasn't forgotten? I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then you go back through and you read the transcripts and you're like, Zach never does that. So, yeah, it's. It's this. It's added a level of excitement to this game on Saturday. Well, you know what though? Here's the thing. Of course it does. Of course he hasn't forgotten. I don't. Know. Have you ever been attacked before? Like at your workplace or really anywhere? Like I remember. No. Look, I was in like 
fourth grade and a younger kid like tried to fight me at the bus stop. And I remember him. Okay. I remember what happened. I can close my eyes right now and see that incident clearly. You don't think that playing Brian Flores, another head coach who charged across the field at you three years ago, isn't in the back of his head. These guys, you know, from Burrow on up through the coaching staff are not afraid to be uh, have have very clear grudges and memories and and be petty. It's part of what drives a lot of them. And so you better believe uh, that that is fresh uh, in the mind. But I do have a question for you. Why do you think? And maybe it was because none of us asked Zach about it last year when Brian Flores was on the Pittsburgh staff. But it's not the first time that Zach's gone up against Brian Flores. Do you think it's different because it's Flores's defense, whereas in Pittsburgh he was just an assistant coach? Well, I don't know that we asked about. I mean, he was because he wasn't the coordinator. He right. was he was kind of helping out. It was Terrell Austin's defense there. And and now he, I mean, Brian Flores has become a story, and rightfully so. The Minnesota defense is incredible. I mean, they've been the best defense in football for two months now. And so I, I think the fact that we're specifically asking about this person who attacked you at your workplace, okay, is like one of those where, okay, uh, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and glowingly talk about this person. And I get it. I don't right. think that, I, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm still thinking – if I ever see the person that went after me at the bus stop, like we're not going to like say have pleasantries. I'm not going to be like, wasn't that cool? All right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that to me, that's just what it is. Uh, I, another thing that came up that I, that I want, I wanted to uh, bring up here. I really enjoyed Jake Browning uh, on Tuesday night. I guess it was, I thought it was a, I, I, I just get, can't, I kind of can't get enough of Jake Browning. Same. Uh, it's just, he's he's insanely refreshing. His story has been uh, awesome, and this time he's kind of sick of talking about himself. And I love it. How many times has this guy had to sit here like and talk and answer questions about himself? And I've never felt that more. Like I get it, right? And that's kind of how I feel about myself. Not trying. I'm not comparing myself to Jake Browning, but it was funny. I was talking about it with my sister and she, my sister doesn't live in Ohio. She lives in Maryland and she doesn't follow football closely, but she's like, uh, is that, that, uh, Jake, whatever his last name, uh, is still playing for you for the Bengals. And I'm like, yes, Jake Browning is still playing Lindsay. And, um, I was like, you know, it was funny. He said something the other day and I was like, you know, how people can like, send you memes on Instagram that like you've responded and you're like, that's me. Like, like the meme, like tells yes. the story of how you're feeling. Like I need that Jake Browning meme when he's like, I don't really have an opinion about a lot of stuff. I'm like, that's me because people will like ask me things. And I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty basic generic person. Like I love really into sports and, you know, pop culture and, that my family and like, that's, that's about it. Like, I don't have, like, I don't sit at night with all these like deep thoughts. And so I like felt seen when Jake said that. And it's similar to what you're just saying, where it's like, he's just like a breath of fresh air. And I feel like he's so relatable and that's what just makes this story so fun. And, and that's what I've been thinking about the last couple of days and I actually said it to Jason Williams, the Cincinnati.com columnist. And he, he kind of did a column that focuses a little bit more on it, but like, it's almost been, and you went from even covering the team 
where everything, it just felt like tense because there were so much expectations about this team. And then like when they weren't playing well, it was like, it, it, it was just seen on everybody's face. It's like, I wonder if Bengals fans, and I'd love your feedback, but like, are you having just so much fun watching this? Because he's out there playing loose and free and the team has embodied him. And it's like, he's doing awesome things. And I feel like as a fan, you know, this must be like a really fun time. And you never thought Joe Burrow going down, and I'm not saying that Joe Burrow going down is fun, but from what it's turned out to be, like, this is fun. It's fun to cover him. I have said this a couple of times now. I This is why I love sports. This is why you love sports in general. Like when you're a kid, the surprising fun is the best kind. It's what made – it's what made this city fall in love with the 21 Bengals. I mean, was right. that they were surprising. They were no, you, you started to meet these people and you started to know their stories. And, and, and this is why I love covering sports is because of stories like this, mm-hmm. that are the the guy who did everything right and hoped for the chance and kept investing in himself, knowing that there's a chance it might never happen. Or if it did, he might not be any good and he just flame out. And, but he, but he had this dream, right. And he just kept following it. And now you're watching him like breathe real life into a team that had Joe Burrow. I mean, it's, it's insane. And, and he's been totally anonymous forever and now i was uh, i was talking with bengal's uh pr head emily parker because i'm writing kind of more about the background of jake browning's rise to fame i guess and i was like let's go through everything that he's that he's had to do the last couple of weeks and it's like okay on-field interviews with tiffany blackman and lisa salter serious fm after a game did an interview with espn deportes post game where he ended up speaking spanish at one point he talked to albert breer he did the peter king podcast he's done production meetings he's had every with every tv crew he's done one-on-one with the in-house content team he does our press conferences he does yeah, I bet he's sick of talking about himself because everybody <laughs> wants to tell your story. And it's like, I don't know, man. I'm just a guy who's just kind of really like he's just the, he's the most normal dude. I mean, imagine if this happened to any of us that are just normal people that nobody cares what we think about everything. And then he shows up at a food drive and people want to know what he thinks about the food drive. And he's like, I don't have food drive thoughts. Like, I'm just here to, because I like it. And one of the cool Jake Browning things, he has been every single week going to this to a boys and girls club uh all year he like knows the kids they know him and they thought that he, when he was a starter like he'd stop coming he's like no no i'm still every week still goes to the boys and girls club still doing that he's just like a normal dude doing the right stuff except now he's you know he's like jakey spin rate <laughs> or downtown jake brown or downtown jake brown or i saw jake <laughs> breezy showed up the other day i mean well, and then you've got then Let's also add in the family shot. And so now everybody knows about his family, his girlfriend, and now we're all writing about that. Like literally on Sunday night, I finished my analysis and then I saw the clip um, that that the NFL Instagram made of the box on top and then Jake talking about how Joe gave him the box. I wrote a story on that because I'm yep. like, this is the type of stuff people love. Is yeah. like they love when they feel like they can relate to someone and the human interest moments. So it's just been fun. And it's breathed, like you said, it breathed life in it. But I also feel like it 
I don't want to speak for you, but like gave me like an, a jolt for the second half of the Bengals season. Cause you get through reporting all of that on Joe Burrow. And as we mentioned at the top of this interview, like it's, it's been a lot this year for, for the reporters in terms of just <laughs> the need for information. And you get through Joe, the couple of days with Joe Burrow injury news. And then you're like, okay, now what? And then the first game didn't go great. So then you start saying, I don't know. I don't know how many more games they're going to win. And then it's like you get Jake downtown Jake Brown just slinging it out there in Jacksonville. And, I mean, how much fun was it to me, you, and James are watching the last – the overtime period together down on, like, on the concourse level. And it's just been, like – it's been really fun. And, yeah. like, props to Jake Browning because he's an awesome story. And I really hope that he continues to play well and, and gets a chance to, you know, maybe compete for – a starting job next year, which is not crazy to say. Yeah. The one note on Jake is that the Bengals are in a great spot. He's an exclusive rights free agent next year. So mm-hmm. all they do is make a minimum veteran, minimum qualifying offer to him, which is going to be nothing. And he is stuck. He's here. Like he's back here for one year at the vet minimum. They don't have to, but his payday is coming. Uh, right. He, what? What? Um, no, we're not. There's a month left and, and some tough defenses, but uh, he has made himself so much money, uh, and he's got himself a professional contract next year for sure. Which, let's be honest, a couple weeks ago wasn't certain uh, at all. So uh, great for him. Great story. Uh, great stuff there. One other thing you get from this is you get to talk to Jamar Chase about a new topic, and that's always we talked to Jamar yesterday, and you just know he. You just never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And it, and he's one of one of my favorite people I've talked to or what I've ever seen, specifically in these like group settings. You know, a lot of these guys are much better, as you know, one on one, like they'll be much more open and it's just a, it, it they'll be more themselves. But when you get into the group and there's a bunch of us around, it's a little tighter, they're a little less. Not Jamar. Like he loves the group setting. He loves interacting with everybody and kind of running the show. Same thing yesterday where we get him trying to describe Joe Burrow and Jake Browning's personalities. And he's like, you know, Joe's like a suit and a tie and Jake's like just a suit, no tie. And I'm like, it's just, he just fires these things off. He loves, it's just unbelievable. I w- I'm going to cut up a, a little bit of uh, Jamar from yesterday and I'll let you guys just listen to a few pieces of Jamar chase with us yesterday. You are like 21.5 on that one. Do you think you're like 11th fastest in the NFL? Were you surprised that Chase's GPS is faster than that? Nah. I, I haven't. My only chance was, you talking about the Kansas City one, right? No, I'm talking about the Arizona, the long bomb. You were like yeah. What did I run on KC? Years ago? Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. I only know that was probably. Um, yeah, that was fast. Yeah, I had more room there, but then again, I was just straight line speed, and I don't know. Maybe I'm slow, man. <laughs> have you ever crossed seen your numbers yeah, over 22? I'm slow right now, I'm not gonna lie. Have, have, have you ever had 22 had one time? Pra- your practice numbers gone over 22? Hell nah. No. Hell no. No, no, you're not going that fast in practice. Well, you- but you know how fast that is? <laughs> I don't know. 22 at practice? I don't know. Maybe Shit. you're getting after it one day. I'm taking the next rip off. <laughs> that shit moving at practice. What you thought? There's been a lot of talk. You, know, you talked about early in the year about your, your contract situation and what it's going to be like. How much have you kept tabs on what's going on with Justin and the fact that he hasn't gotten his deal done yet? 
Uh, I don't know. How much he asking for? I don't know. You might know better than that. <laughs> nah, I'm sure y'all know before I do. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, have you thought about how much that might impact what your contract extension might look like or what might happen all that? <laughs> I'm not talking nothing about no contract yet, man. I don't know nothing was going to happen yet until he... I need to see some more numbers from him. <laughs> Tyreek Tyre Hill got us there, but he's going to get me there, too. Where do you and Justin rank in the, the wide receiver hierarchy here in the NFL? Me and him? Yeah. The one and two. One and two. Who's one? Me. <laughs> Y'all funny, man. What, make, what makes him like? What makes his game so good? What is it? Ah, uh, man, he's so quick. He's so quick and he's explosive, man. And you watch film, and he makes it look so easy. You know what I'm saying? We probably could do the same move, but just because he's twitchier and more explosive sometimes on some routes, he just has that that look in his routes that he just makes defenders fly. It was unfair for you guys to be together in college. Like, do you guys look back on that and say, this is unfair. Why better go do this against Vanderbilt? You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not fair. Uh, I'll tell you what. We made our job easier for each other. Yeah. So, Did he did he open things up for you there? Hell yeah. Yeah. I did for him too. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're in the right place. Did 7-Eleven ever reach out to you? You're talking about commercials, right? Like five weeks ago we were talking about 7-Eleven. Yeah, they reached out to me, yeah. Are you, do you have anything in the uh, Do I have a commercial? It's coming or anything? Oh, uh, no. I'm trying to get slippy here. Somebody <laughs> somebody back home just said they got a 7-Eleven getting built on there, so maybe I did that. I don't know. <laughs> I know I know we never had a 7-Eleven in New Orleans, so if that's the case. So I had to have a little bitty peaky toe in that. Where am I? Where am I? I don't know, but I might need to call him again and ask for it. So, 7-Eleven, if y'all see this, circle machine, please. <laughs> I just said, Jonah, describe the differences in personalities between Joe and Jake. Can you do that? What did he say first? Because uh, I think it's a Joe's difference. Joe's flashier. They're both confident. Flashier. Like but I, you know Joe better uh, than Yeah, most. but I mean, you can't, you can't just say that because that's two different tax brackets. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can't even say that. Um, personality-wise, though, Jake's more more Jake's Jake's more playful than Burrow, if you want, if I can say that. Um, Jake's gonna smile with you like on a regular. Joe's gonna just walk past you and look at you and then keep going. Like he, he's just not gonna smile all the time. Uh, he just and Joe's just more tunnel vision than Jake. You know what I'm saying? If I could describe the difference, um, I would say Joe comes to work in a suit and a tie. Jake comes to work in a suit. With no time. Kelsey, how much fun is just interacting with Jamar on a weekly basis at this point? I mean, he's he's taken on a life of his own this year, I feel like. Well, and it's so organic. Like, it's not – he's not trying to be Mr. Funny Guy, and he's not trying to be. Like, that's just his personality. And, I mean, I, I've said it to you guys. Like, every year the media votes on, like, our media good guy award that we give to someone who's just been, like, really good with working with us and always giving us time. And I'm voting for Jamar this year because yeah. win or lose, if he has one or two catches, he has always made himself available. And he's had fun with it. And he now knows, like, it's a part of what he, you know, what he knows he's going to have to do. And it's worked for both sides because we know as the media, like we're going to get him. He knows he has to do it. Like you go up to him and, and 
on a short week and you say, what day do you, what day is your day to talk? And he'll tell you, and you don't have to play that whole game. Well, is he going to show up at his locker? Like the Bengals and the fan, the fans and the media, like it is, it is a blessing that their star receiver doesn't have any shades of diva in him. And is just like, he's like a joy to cover and he's, it's fun. It's fun. It's like, Right now, between Jake Browning and Jamar Chase, like it's fun to cover the Bengals. Yeah, there, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about. It. And I just the Jamar laugh. I mean, you hear it in there a couple of times. It's just you could. That's natural. It's not. He's like cracking himself up. I mean, yes, we all got you got some good, good ones, good jokes today. You know, it's like he's just and and quite honestly, you just don't get that all that often. As I mentioned, you know, especially in more of those group settings where people are able to just kind of. But he's been a star for a while, and he's just very comfortable in his own skin, and it's uh, it's it's all that much more fun to listen to. Um, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring in my conversation with Matt Collar, Purple Insider, uh, in Minnesota, and uh, learn a little bit more about the Vikings, and we'll kind of take a little bit more of a stroll into this Bengals Vikings game here on on the flip side of that with Kelsey. So here's a here's my conversation with uh Matt Collar, Purple Insider. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, now uh, moving on and diving into the Minnesota Vikings. We go to Minnesota and talk to a friend of the program, Matt Collar, the Purple Insider. What's going on, Matt? Oh, you know, just another game, another quarterback starting for the Minnesota Vikings. That has been the way things are. Uh, oh, and, you know, the season is hinging on the line and everything, you know, the usual stuff. Uh, it's actually been quite weird up here because Kirk Cousins was always the starting quarterback from 2018 until week eight of 2023. He missed one game due to anything other than, you know, sitting out uh, when they're sitting starters because they're in the playoffs in 2019. And that was due to illness. It wasn't even due to injury. And now we have Jaron Hall get hurt. Josh Dobbs be magical and then benched and hello, Nick Mullins season. So off we go. Yeah. I mean, this year in this league, has been they're always weird but this one has felt particularly goofy and now i mean of all storylines you know the 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 return of jake browning into the lives of the minnesota vikings who you know was cut three times by the vikings and uh befriended kirk cousins in the process has talked about that this week um and now all of a sudden become an unbelievable storyline in cincinnati what what is the memories of jake browning's time in in Minnesota with the Vikings. Oh, there's uh, an athletic long form in, in the one big Jake Browning story. Uh, so the most memorable moment by far for Jake Browning was a night practice, which doesn't sound like it should be, but 
Kirk Cousins was a close COVID contact to Kellen Mond, who got COVID, which left Jake Browning as the only quarterback for the team's huge uh, preseason event, which is to have their night practice. All the fans show up. It's under the lights. And this uh, practice meant a lot to Mike Zimmer. So Mike Zimmer was extremely angry in his press conference before that Kirk Cousins had allowed himself to be a close contact. And this led to several extremely memorable quotes, including Jake Browning is smart. He's vaccinated, <laughs> which uh, we all <laughs> still quote sometimes in the media room. Uh, and when Jake was going off, all of us were texting each other. Jake smart, Jake smart. Uh, so that, you know, uh, but the thing is uh, on that night, he had to take every practice rep. And I'm sure you've never seen this before because I haven't. A quarterback in a practice taking every rep, which means every warm-up pass, first team, second team, third team, same quarterback the whole time. And he actually was really good that night. And I, I would have to ask other people to make sure that I have this right. I think they raised him up on their shoulders at the end. Like, the, the, <laughs> that it was such a, like, I don't know. We, it was a weird moment because the fans really enjoyed it. He hit some deep passes. He made some great plays. They had a, an excellent, like really fun practice and he did a great job. And like everyone was super pumped about how well Jake Browning did. And then they played a preseason game a few days later. And I think his first pass was intercepted by Patrick Sertan. And it was like, Oh, okay. So maybe this won't go anywhere. But I think what we knew about uh, Jake Browning was that he was very, very football smart and uh, maybe smart otherwise as well. And that he understood the offense. So he understood where the ball was supposed to go. The one question was, does he have a strong enough arm to get it there? Because I mean, look at his size, look at his strength. Like he, he doesn't stand out to you. And I think that's the only reason that they ever moved on from him and brought in other backups because they thought as well as this guy can execute and practice and knows the offense, can he rocket the ball in there. And the answer, you know, at that time was no. And I still don't think he's throwing laser beams out there, but that intelligence, that ability to execute it, it looks like the night practice. I mean, he really has done a great job with it so far in, you know, going back and watching the games. Yeah. I wonder if maybe Vikings fans will see another Jake Browning up on the shoulders, if they can find a way to win and put points up against this Minnesota defense. that has been so good over the last couple of months. I, what has happened? What has been the key? You know, Brian Flores, a lot has been discussed about, you know, he's bringing blitzes, he's dropping eights, it's looking the same the whole time. What has been the key that they have made so many teams look so bad offensively? Uh, it's two things. It is development and deception. Uh, they have found a way to develop some players really quickly into legitimate playmakers. And, and that starts with Ivan Pace Jr., their undrafted free agent, who was defensive player of the week last week in the shutout win over the Raiders. And boy, did he deserve it. I mean, this is a guy that is the shortest linebacker in the league. I, I'm sure that's why the entire league passed over him. But Brian Flores identified early in training camp 
with not being concerned about the draft status uh, that this guy was a playmaker. And not only that, but he could also handle a ton of information. And from the time they got him in training camp, it started to implement him. It was like a little bit of reps and then more reps and then more reps. And now with Jordan Hicks out, he's had to take on the green dot duties, which for an undrafted free agent linebacker is unbelievable. And he's the number one PFF graded linebacker for rookies. And, and I could go on and on about how good this guy has been, but to see him be brought along that way, they identified what they had in him. They got him in there over a guy who was actually drafted higher than him in Brian Asamoah. And uh, that did not matter to Brian Flores. And, and so he's become a huge playmaker for them. Uh, Josh Metellus is another guy that has become this hybrid that I thought didn't actually exist. And we only just talked about it. Um, but uh, Josh Metellus is playing everywhere. He was a special teamer up until last year. And now he's playing safety linebacker on the defensive line. He's blitzing from everywhere. He's covering, he's tackling. He's like on every play he's causing turnovers. It, it's really remarkable. He's sort of become like what Kyle Hamilton is in Baltimore, except for one of them was a career special teamer and the other was a first round draft pick. And so there's like, we've seen this across the board. I could go through all the players and there's sort of development under Brian Flores. And I think his scouting background has mattered a lot to identifying their talents, but then there's the deception part. When you look at almost every play, there is some form of change after the snap for what it looked like pre-snap. So the interception to end the game against the Raiders is a great example. Ivan Pace lines up on Aiden O'Connell's right. So he identifies him like, okay, he's over there on the right side. He's probably going to drop back into a deep zone or something. He ends up intercepting the ball from the wide receiver lined up on the far left of the field because he runs all the way back across the field underneath that route and picks it off. And there's tons of simulated pressures. It's not just Flores sending the blitzes all the time, but you never know who's coming, who's dropping back, whether, you know, what, what type of coverage they're going to be in. Uh, there was a play last week where they ran like an old school Tampa two that looked like, you know, the Tampa Bay bucks from 2003 where Ivan pace is running 20 yards down the field, but he covers a tackle going or a, a tight end going down the seam and Aiden O'Connell has no idea what to do and gets sacked. I mean, it's just every play is fun to watch on tape because you're figuring out right, well, where's where did that come from? How did that guy even get there? And I think that it's put inexperienced quarterbacks heads in a blender. The only thing I, I would say, though, is if we're being fair, look at the quarterbacks that they've played since the beginning of the season. Uh, it's a little hard to find too many good ones. Now, uh, Jake Browning, I guess we'll see uh, what he could do against it. But but that's been a, it's been a factor that, you know, you're talking about, you know, Aiden O'Connell getting shut out. If they play Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe he gets six points. I don't know. But uh, it has been incredibly impressive to see this group that is not laden with stars be schemed and develop their way to being a top five defense. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. It's funny. Flores was was in Pittsburgh last year, and this has a bit of a AFC North feel to it with all the moving parts, the deception, the the potential, you know, the different types of zones and blitzes that you're seeing them throw their way, and and you absolutely can understand how that can be trouble. And it'll be, I, I, I it's really a fascinating pivot point in the Browning story because I think. You know, the Jags and the Colts are fine defensively, but they're fine defensively. You know, they're not going to be a top tier. What S the Steelers in his first start gave him trouble. Will Minnesota be able to do that? Or has Browning really kind of evolved and have so much comfort and they've built things around him that 
even a Minnesota defense that has given everybody fits this year could be one that they can put point. And if that's the case, I think the Bengals start to look at the rest of their season and say, man, maybe, maybe this can be, maybe this can be a thing where we can get into the playoffs and, and make a run. And, and for Minnesota, it's so crazy despite four quarterbacks, all this other stuff that's gone on, Justin Jefferson missing the vast majority of the year, you're sitting there, hey, two seven and six teams thinking about the playoffs playing right here. No Burrow and all the things that have happened. It's wild. It's it's wild to be saying that. Yeah, it is. And that's a, I'm sure you have this problem, too, because there's also a part of me that says and they could actually be so much better. I mean, the funny thing about this season is that. If you're seven and six and you lost your quarterback for half the year, I mean, everyone is going to be like, oh, wow. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, But they lost by two points against the Chicago Bears, a game that they were winning with one minute left to go. They lost by one point to the Denver Broncos, a game that they were winning with less than a minute to go. And they fumbled away games earlier. They dropped a pass in the end zone to lose to the Los Angeles Chargers. And so you can't help but think, like, and I just wrote a column about this today of like, what's a success? And like, should you be happy if they make the playoffs? Should you still look at it like, man, this could have been so much better. And you think about had they not fumbled away the early part of the season to start one and four, and then had Kirk Cousins not gotten hurt, we might be talking about the Vikings right there with the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers, considering what their defense has done and what they probably would have continued to do with Kirk Cousins offensively, but you know, ifs and buts in football, I I guess they, they always make it interesting, but uh, this, this season could be looked at through a lot of different lenses. Like, wow, you persevered through all that stuff. And man, this should have been actually a better season, but you got robbed from it from a couple of close games, but also especially losing your quarterback or maybe not. If Nick Mullins is the next Trent Dilfer or something, but probably, probably not. I looked this up. Uh, the uh, the last quarterback to actually reach the Super Bowl when they had as a backup had to start more than five games. So not the Nick Foles situation where he comes in after the other guy has gotten them home field advantage. It was Tom Brady. And like, so <laughs> it, do- it, it really doesn't happen. And sorry if your fan base was thinking that Jake Browning is going to take you to the Super Bowl. But I think at the end of the day, we'll probably look at the season as not even remembering all the quarterbacks got hurt because all the great teams still have their quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, unless they suddenly become a great quarterback, Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, I guess it would be everyone wants to think, well, then maybe he's Brock Purdy. These are like once every generation things that happen. Okay. Don't, don't go counting on it. That said, uh, the Bengals and Vikings are interesting, which a lot of people probably didn't think they would be when their quarterbacks went down. And I think it's going to be a fun game. I, I'm, Weird feels inevitable in this game. Like it just when you look at all the background of these two teams and playing Saturday at one, and I mean we have the history of Brian Flores and Zach Taylor uh, from Miami when Brian Flores charged across the field at him uh, during a brawl. Uh, there's just all of this background feels to be coming into a weird time slot. I'm thinking weird. What are your? Do you have a prediction for this weekend? I'm glad you reminded me that it's at one. I'm not used to Eastern time. I would, I would have showed up at the stadium like way early for this game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Prediction is, is a, is a really tough one because I I do think the Cincinnati offense is a lot harder than some of the offenses that the Vikings have dominated recently and that they will be able to put up points. 
I, I Jefferson is, is going to be a hundred percent healthy. According to him, uh, he's just got a couple of internal organs bruised. No big deal. Um, so <laughs> just to head right back on out there. Yep. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, this is, it, it feels like a game where both teams are moving the ball, but it's not like a laser show. So I would go like 20 to 17, somebody, I, I mean, I don't know who I, I tend to lean Cincinnati, honestly, because uh, they're at home. And I do think that, you know, Jamar chase is going to give them the, some problems that, you know, they haven't seen in recent weeks, but yeah, I, I would lean slight, slight edge Cincinnati, but this one, I don't know. Anytime you got backups, I, I'm not sure. We talked to Jamar Chase yesterday, and of course, a topic is him and Justin Jefferson and each other's contracts affecting each other. Before I let you go, the what is the what's the feel on the Jefferson contract? Uh, Jamar says, "I don't know. You guys will know before me. Uh, what whatever it is, I got to hear some more numbers from him. But I know Tyreek got us up there, and he's going to get me some numbers too." So Jamar says he knows it's coming because it's the bar for what's going to happen for Chase. Where what's the feel on that? Is that? coming soon or is it uh sort of a uh, interesting that it's made it this far so yeah that's it seems to be like a little bit of um because they weren't negotiating it became a big story that they didn't get it done but when you look back how many times does a non-quarterback position get the deal done before they hit their fifth year or their off season before their fifth year. I mean, 99% of the time, if a first round pick is signing that deal, it's right before the fifth year. It's just that Jefferson is so special that they started going down that road. And I think that everybody kind of knows the deal here with first round picks that if you don't sign a contract, they are going to franchise tag you. They're going to franchise tag you again. I mean, we're talking about, is it 2026 or 20 after 2025 would be the first chance. I think it actually is 2026. If you really wanted to play this whole thing out, if you're a receiver, even if you don't love where you're at, you sign that contract and then you force your way out is what you should do. If you're uh, unhappy the, I have all the confidence that Justin Jefferson this offseason is going to sign the biggest contract in NFL history for a wide receiver. Uh, the owner of the Vikings even talked about this last year during the summer and said, like, we're going to be involved. Like, we want Jefferson here. This is going to happen every single time it comes up. Who it's like they've sort of been instructed to make sure that they call him the best receiver in the world or whatever. <laughs> like every single time it's just like, uh, so uh, what do you think of Justin's chances this week? Well, we're getting back the best receiver in the world. Sign the contract, Justin, please. Uh, he's going to he's going to sign the contract. It just wouldn't make any sense to try to fight it out. It, 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 there's so much guaranteed money that will come his way almost instantly. It's just the one thing that I think could be a debate is the length. If I'm Jefferson, I might want like a three year contract and hit the lottery many times, as opposed to a five year contract that gives them more flexibility and maybe hit the lottery once or twice in my career. So yeah. that could be a debate, but I think it gets done. Maybe we'll, whenever that happens in the background, you'll see Jamar chase hanging out there waiting for a copy of it to go into his hands so he can hand it directly to Bengals ownership and say, uh, whatever plus one, please. Uh, and it just seems like the two of these guys that did so much, you know, with Burrow to help each other at, at LSU will kind of just continue to help each other out, which is just kind of the way it has gone. It should be fascinating. I hope both guys put up huge numbers and we can get something fun uh, out of this weekend. And uh, it's going to be great. But Matt, look forward to uh, seeing you here in Cincinnati. And uh, thanks for joining and offering the insight. 
Absolutely. I'll tell you what I won't be doing there is eating the skyline chili at halftime in the press box. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, it's fine. Nobody has no, everybody understands, you know, it's, it's, it's something where if you're not from here, I have no problem with anybody that thinks, looks at that and says, I, I'm not doing it or eats it and says, this is disgusting because it's actually, when you eat it, when you're young, it creates some sort of like, uh, you know, almost like a force field inside of you. And it's kind of like getting addicted to cigarettes when you're four, you know, like you just have to have it. But people that didn't smoke when they were five, like I get it. Like you don't, you don't want to start now. So it totally makes sense. Totally. So don't worry. There's plenty of other, there's, there's many other options that we can, we can turn you on to here. So. I appreciate that. When I was in the press box in 2021 for that game, Vikings and Bengals, uh, a couple of reporters went for it at halftime, and uh, they they had some maybe some stomach gurgling there yeah. by the third. You'll quarter. pay the price so if you're not you if know. you're not prepared. Yeah. You'll pay the price. There's no question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it though, man. I love Cincinnati. Will be great. Thanks, Matt. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, much thanks to Matt for catching up on inside of a, a fascinating Vikings team, which is just... I, talk about you never know what to expect in a season. I mean, they're kind of cooking with Kirk Cousins and their defense was bad. Then their defense got great and Kirk Cousins gets hurt, and they had the Josh Dobbs thing where all of a sudden he wins NFC Player of the Week and he on like five days. Uh, I, I mean, and now they're and now their offense can't they win a three nothing game in Vegas. They, I, I just find you know the NFL so freaking weird anymore. I mean, everybody finds some crazy path to nine and eight, uh, except for you know a select few, and the Vikings are kind of a agree I, I expect this to be a weird game i'm feeling weird game this weekend for sure i mean doesn't that doesn't all signs point to it just being like absolutely bonkers like i just yes. feel like at some point like maybe like a blocked punt is gonna happen for a touchdown i i, I don't know like it's giving it's giving weird vibes for sure well, yeah let's let's hope there's no uh there's no more coaches charging at each other but i'll say this 
There's uh, Luana Rumo talking about chicken cutlets. If you want a foreshadowing, it's going to be a weird week. We got like we got <laughs> maybe what five five to ten minutes if you count the different times he had to stop and take calls from his sister about the chicken cutlets and the videos of the tailgate from the last time they were in New York that came up. And I was like, this is, if anything, it is foreshadowing that this is going to be a weird weekend and a weird game and a weird week. It's that we have this much Lou Anarumo bragging about his family's chicken cutlets. That was a highlight of my week. That 10 <laughs> minutes with Lou talking about chicken cutlets, his New York spread. I mean, it was awesome. And I, I want. I hope the Anarumo family invites the entire Bengals uh, in. media media group to do our pregame meal out at out at, at the tailgate. I, I mean, I'm not going to let Lou Anarumo forget about that. So oh, next no. year when they get ready to play the Giants in at MetLife for a couple of weeks before, I think we should all when he comes to meet with us, if he's still here, say, uh, "Can we get can we get passes? To just can you just tailgate? let us know where the tailgate is? We'll." I'll walk. I'll walk however far I need to walk. Okay. To get <laughs> that to that means. spread, which was amazing. It was like he said it was for like 150 or 200 people or something like that. I mean, it looked like, you know, the standard banquet table that everyone buys and sets up inside of their house. It looked like there was maybe 20 of those just filled with things like with cutlets and meats and cheeses. Oh, it looked well, awesome. How about this? This is how much I'm thinking about it. Last night, my dad texted me and was like, so it's just going to be um, the five of us on Christmas Eve dinner. We usually go out to dinner. He's like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, somewhere where I can get chicken parm. <laughs> You're feeling it now. You're feeling it. My You're in the zone. I've been thinking about chicken cutlets all week. I kind of want to like make some. I, I'm, I'm in charge of dinner at the house tonight. I think I might get the, get the chicken breasts out and I might get the mallet out. You yes. Know, it's like, well, no, like, you got to pound said, them down. Uses a hammer. A hammer, yeah. I'll get. I look. I'll go open the toolbox. I'll go hammer if I got to. I'll get the sledge out if that's what we got to do. Pictures, or it didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe that's the move tonight. Uh, But seriously, on the Lou Anarumo conversation, are you a believer that Lou's crew has turned it around after the Colts game, or was that a a one week outlier to what they've been? I think it's a one week outlier. I yeah. do. I I know that's not music to Bengals fans ears, but I just think when you look at the full sample size of the season, more often than not, they've been the group that's come up short and disappointed in areas that you thought they'd be really good. Um, I think the Colts game was a step in the right direction, but that's kind of how it's been this season. It's like every Every time you feel like the Bengals defense has gotten their swagger back, then the Houston Texans game happens and they allow the most explosive plays that, you know, they they have all year. And so I just think that they played well against the Colts, but I also don't think the Colts played well on offense. And I'm just, I think the run defense, right? Like Minnesota's to the two, you can argue two of the biggest issues for the Bengals defense have been how they've played against tight ends. I mean, look no further than how they weren't able to defend Pat Fryer Muth against the Steelers. And then Minnesota likes to run the ball and they're good at it. So I don't know. I just think that I, I wouldn't get my hopes up that it's going to be this different defense down the stretch. But a lot of it is like the Bengals defense is never built to be this 
crazy we only allow 10 points type of they've they've always been like an extra element of the offense the extension of the offense so if the offense can keep clicking there's less pressure on the defense which with the kind of issues they've had this year i feel like that's the recipe for success and inevitably when Burrow went down, this was going to be about can Luana Rumo's crew carry this team? How far? And at, at that time in particular, you didn't think, well, I don't know if they could carry him across the street. You know, I mean, they, they, they've been the, they've been the liability this year for the most part. Ask and, Richard Leonard of local 12, what he thinks about the Bengals. <laughs> well, and it's been, but, and it's all been warranted. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any situation where you're sitting here saying, oh yeah, this Bengals defense. Um, you, you can really see them. It's, it, they're great again. It, it's, it's not necessarily been the case. The, the explosive plays thing I do want to bring up because there's a chart. I tweeted this out yesterday and it was, um, it was, a, a, I believe it's a PFF chart or the statue from NFL reader, but it has explosive plays being rushes of more than 10 yards, passes of more than 20 yards. And the Vikings have the best defense in terms of allowing explosive plays in the league, only 4.2 per game, whereas the Bengals have the worst at 7.4. So when you think about that explosive play differential, I mean, the, the Bengals, but you like, okay, last week, just one explosive pass allowed. But again, the previous four, there were 23 explosive passes allowed. So like, again, they, they had one against Arizona too, and then they they reverted. You've seen this back and forth all year where it's like you just need to see a longer run of it. And here you get Nick Mullins <laughs> and a team that scored three points last week and 10 the week prior. Okay, Lou, like your people need to prove that this isn't an outlier and and, and put a run together. And there's reason to be you know, the young secondary isn't so young anymore. They, you're starting to see a little more consistency, or at least he feels like it is. Cheetah by Wuzier is at least seems healthier. And we're not just talking constantly about whether he can finish a game. And so all of that stuff, they're, they're, they're tightening up the run defense. Uh, certainly in recent weeks that has come a long way and good for them on that. But that said, what I don't know that anybody can sit here and confidently say they've fixed things on the defensive side of the ball. It's still a, a TBD on that for me too. Yeah, it's been one of the most surprising things of the season that none of us would have expected would be just the inconsistency from the group. But that's why it's just so hard for me to predict that they can fully turn things around because it just also feels like it's just always been it's been one thing missing. And like you said, it's like there's not the excuse that this is not a young secondary anymore. Um, it's just been, it's been really hard to put your finger on why the Bengals have been so inconsistent on defense. And that's what Lou Anarumo says is that every week it's a different, it's a different issue. So I, that's why I think we need multiple games of limited explosives, them being able to do a good job on a tight end and then being able to stop the run at a better effort than they have. Um, for me to be able to say, yeah, this defense has really figured some things out because they've really changed a lot. People are just playing better. And I think you expected those players to play that way the whole season. All right. 
let's get to wrapping this thing up. I forgot the Bengals growler bet last week, and so I cannot forget it again because you guys don't let me forget that, as I would expect you to hold me accountable to. So I'm going to start with Bengals growler bet. I got two this week because I'm here to serve you, the people that demand it. Uh, I am starting with Jake Browning completion percentage. Obviously, he's been insane, Does basically doesn't throw in completions over this three-game stretch. What will it be against this quality Minnesota defense? And then the second one is going to be Chase Brown yards from scrimmage. So who knows what that could be? Chase Brown has been ridiculous, uh, but we don't know. Will that continue? We don't know. Jake Browning completion percentage. Chase Brown yards from scrimmage. These are your two Bengals growler bets. Hit me up. Hashtag Bengals growler bet on Twitter or pdaner at theathletic.com with your submissions. The word growler somewhere in the subject header. Make me laugh and you will get those read on the podcast next week, as you know. All right. Predictions, Kelsey Conway. Here we go. Bengals, Vikings this weekend. Who you got and why? I am going to, this is the first time I'm giving this prediction. So oh, I got to wow. think about it a Honored. little bit. Um, I'm going to go with 17, 10 Bengals. Okay. And I am, I'm with you that something weird happens, whether it be uh, a blocked punt or just something that we're going to be looking at each other in the press row and be like I can't believe that just happened as we said like it's it's going to be a weird game but I don't think Minnesota's going to be able to score enough and I think they'll make it hard on Jake Browning I'm fully anticipating him to have at least one interception or or something with how much Brian Flores um, Zach Taylor's best friend likes to pressure so <laughs> I think it's not going to be Jake Browning's best game but I think he'll do enough um, and they they figured some things out on offense that they'll be able to score at least 17 points. So before I give my prediction, we we normally have a segment here called Arby's, which is just any related Bengals inside extras and stories. Shout out Jay Morrison. Um, and so I got to say, normally it's some weird story that's funny. And we have a million of them from this season. But I think the one that we're currently in is a pretty good one as well, because Full disclosure, as we were talking about explosive plays and I was giving you that list, Kelsey's computer just like did one of those <laughs> software updates out of nowhere. Like you, anybody that's ever had a job or worked remotely ever knows this. It always happens and you never know when it's going to happen. And so you are currently you're not just off the computer. You are in my man, Sam Green's car right now. Bengals photographer extraordinaire. What up, Sam? How we doing? brother? Hold on, I'll take. Yeah, my it's okay. He now. can't. He can't hear. That's all, all right. right. Now he, he doesn't hear need you. to hear. Sam doesn't You're on need the to pod. hear me. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? It, I, you know, I've been wanting to have Sam on the podcast anyway, and so it's good to have Sam. I, I hope you. you check out the He's photos of the year uh, are up on Cincinnati.com of Sam, Kareem Algazar, Carousley, uh, Albert Caesar. Everybody's got all of their photos up. Incredible work. Some of you are probably wearing a a shirt that has Amir Garrett punching a million pirates. Well, Sam took that photo and I hope that you should, you should go stop by his house and drop five bucks off to him for that. Just so. Yeah. You know. He's pretty legendary. We're very Absolutely. lucky to have him. There's no question about that. So I, I appreciate that. 
Kelsey is here sacrificing as we uh, try to finish up the podcast for you. That's the kind of effort that you get uh, here. Uh, <laughs> uh, that I feel said, like I fumbled. I feel like I fumbled the ball on the one yard line and feel like I have to get it back for you now. No, this is like, but you scooped it up, you know, <laughs> and and you are running into the end zone here, making sure that we get the game winner. Uh, I, my prediction, though, I, I'm with you. Weird games. Silly game, something insane happens. Very an unorthodox touchdown for sure. Whether it's a return, whether it's a, a interception or a fumble or something weird is going to happen. If Jake Browning doesn't throw an interception, I think the Bengals win this game. Since week six, the Vikings are six and zero, oh, and they have an interception zero oh and two without wow. one. Uh, wow. Their defense has been unbelievable at getting sacks, getting turnovers. So if they don't do that. The, and Jake Browning takes care of it. I think the Bengals win. I have Bengals winning 16 to 13, thanks to something stupid. Maybe even another <laughs> Evan McPherson walk off against the Vikings at Paycor Stadium, just like it was a few years ago uh, in the 2021 opener. Kelsey, Sam, thank you for joining and hanging in there to the end. It has been an absolute pleasure. Y'all are crushing it as <laughs> always over there. So please keep doing that for me, and uh, we will uh, we will talk to everybody on the walkout Saturday evening. Have a good one, everyone. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.